good evening, Cardinal fans. Good afternoon or good morning, depending on when you're listening. This is episode 9.0 of the Pitchers Hit 8th podcast. I'm joined once again by Josh, also from Pitchers Hit 8th. Josh, how are we doing? We're doing great, as long as I don't have to wear a number five jersey for the foreseeable future. You mean you haven't already duct taped uh, through it to to make a dollar sign? Uh, I have not. It's actually one that I had bought my wife a couple of years ago. And uh, it's funny because she... If she had to pick a second favorite team, it used to be the Angels, and I don't think she can quite say that. Mm, mm. Loyalty's broken. Imagine that. But that's not what we're here about today, Nick. We've got plenty of good, good, fun Cardinals talk ahead. Well, uh, yes and no. We, uh, we've we got a great guest for this show, and, and Josh, it's unfortunate. I apologize that you weren't able to... Uh, to join us for that one, Josh was otherwise occupied by uh, by his job that pays the bills. Um, but I, I had the opportunity to chat with Will Leach of New York Magazine, uh, author of a fine book, Are We Winning? Check that out. Find it on Amazon and, and, and read that. You won't regret it. Um, also, the, uh, I guess, editor emeritus now or... or Former editor, former, well, not former. He still is the founder of Deadspin. Um, Will Leach uh, got a chance to talk to Will for probably a solid 45 or 50 minutes um, about all sorts of topics ranging from the uh, obvious with uh, Albert Pujols leaving the Cardinals for the West Coast. We talked a little bit about what's next for the Cardinals um, in spending that some of that quote-unquote Pujols dividend, as uh, it, it's become commonly known. We also talked a little bit about the 2006 Cardinals and, and some of the parallels to this year's team, both of which won the World Series. And then uh, we kind of devolved into some fighting Illini talk, Josh, which I'm <laughs> sure okay, you'll appreciate, yeah. some uh, some Central Illinois chatter at the People end. People don't know, uh, I've, I've been to Champaign, I enjoy it, and... Will not only being a great guest is also a, a crazy Cardinal fan, so that always helps things. That's right, that's right. And then uh, we managed to sneak a little bit of chatter about Carlos Beltran in there, in, in case you can believe it. I can, and I'm, I'm hoping a little tidbit I just uh, read that said this by this weekend we should know more. It sounds like he is winnowing down his list, and, and Beltran depending on what you believe and everything that's come out is close to picking his next team by possibly even Sunday. Well, now I don't know your feelings on this, Josh, and and I talked about this a bit with Will, and so I'll get your impressions of it as well. The Beltran rumor to me Sounds like the typical Cardinal, they're not going to talk much about it, but it's such a perfect fit that I can't, 
I feel like it's already done. I can't see it not happening. Uh, I I would have disagreed before the Alan Craig news came out, but obviously now that the start of his season is not in jeopardy, we know that he won't be back until probably early May at the at the, the soonest. So for me, a, a Carlos Beltran type that switch hitter that you know anybody that doesn't remember the damage he did in 2004 when he was a teammate of Lance Berkman's in Houston. Uh, I tell you what, even more so than than the more recent talk about Coco Crisp reunion. Um, <laughs> to me, uh, for Call as the leadoff guy, Beltran would be a nice fit in the middle of the order. I, I'm all for it. I'm not sure I'm sold on for Call being the, the the leadoff hitter either, but I, he might be the default. Yeah. You know, uh, looking at who's currently on the roster. The best of a bad bunch. <laughs> well, uh, and that's, uh, you know, if, if, the, if the Cardinals, whatever they're doing by throwing their name in multiple hats, whether it's trying to keep the Beltran talks honest or, or what, is, what, are, what is your take on uh, bringing Crisp into the fold possibly? I'd rather Beltran. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I think, uh, well, and especially since what I read was supposedly that Crisp was then going to become the quote-unquote regular center fielder with, with Jay being a spot guy in his stead, and that just makes uh, no sense to me. Yeah, that's why, you know... Uh, Gould posted a nice piece. Uh, if you haven't noticed, when you when you head over to the STL today. dot com sports page, they have changed their uh, their banner on the cards beat. <laughs> it's, it no longer has a certain former first baseman. Uh, and Gould has a nice piece today where he's trying to caution people that. Just because you're hearing some of these rumors, it's not the same as a, a done deal. So, well, of course, rumors are just that rumors, and particularly with your when you're dealing with the Cardinals. Again, going back to what I mentioned a couple minutes ago, we've become very accustomed to the Cardinals being quiet and and one of the more under the radar teams somehow uh, in Major League Baseball when it comes to getting deals done, and so. Um, I, I won't say always, but I tend to react to rumors involving the Cardinals more on the side of where there's smoke, there's probably a game being played. I I think there's some gamesmanship going on. I definitely do. Um, the only bit that I will throw out there to kind of wrap this up a little bit is... John Mozeliak impressed me quite a bit during the winter meetings and the fact that he not only stuck to the way that he wanted to do things, I think everybody got a chance to see the type of general manager and the type of team that even more now that Mr. Larusa has moved on 
it's uh, it's definitely a new era, and I I think we're in for some interesting, maybe not so much so much this off season, but I think the Cardinals are positioning themselves to be a, quite a force in not only the NL Central but all of baseball, given the improved farm system and. If I read correctly, you might need to to give your two cents. I, I remember that they uh, were given Organization of the Year, and that's the first time that's happened. Uh, indeed, Organization of the Year in, in the Gibby Awards, and Mosaic was Executive of the Year. Um, I, I think there's no doubt at this point that particularly you lose two, uh, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade, you lo- the Cardinals lost two future Hall of Famers, um, both very strong personalities. And in hiring Mike Matheny as the new manager and holding firm, um, and let's not kid ourselves, Bill DeWitt had a little bit to do with checking the purse strings too, but holding firm in the Pujols negotiations to this is not in the best interest of our organization um, it's become very clear, at least to me, and this was the subject of a great question in the United Cardinal Bloggers Roundtable, which has been going on for what seems like three months now, because we've yeah. got so many great people taking part. Um, for those of you listening, if you haven't checked it out, go to United Cardinal Bloggers, all one word, dot com, um, and all of the uh, transcripts are posted there. Uh, Someone asked the question, with LaRusa gone, with Pujols gone, who is now the face of the franchise? Yep. Um, and my answer, at least, I, again, it's been a while, I, I'm pretty sure that this was my answer, uh, is that it's no longer a player. The face of the franchise is Mosaic. He's putting his, he's clearly putting his stamp on this team, and it, it he will live or die by how the Cardinals perform in the next few seasons, in my opinion. Uh, you're you're dead on, and you know he he's been a brilliant in the moves that that he made that maybe flew under the radar a little bit, and getting Berkman locked up before the playoffs. And to me, especially jumping ahead of the pack and, and I don't know, maybe all but assuring that Chris Carpenter finishes out an illustrious career wearing a, a Cardinals uniform. There's, it's, it's hard to look at some of the deals. And of course, you know, I mean, obviously he gets executive of the year and, and, all the rashness talk that we've had does not need to be rehashed, but this is definitely an organization that is going in a, I won't say a different direction, but they are definitely Josh, going in a... Josh, they're going in an entirely different direction. <laughs> Their direction before was Pujols and, you know, then Holiday was around and that made a little bit of a difference. But their direction before was, we have Albert Pujols and we're going to surround him with a bunch of dudes and we're going to be good. I would have, I would agree with you, except I've seen what the minor league system has done the last three or four years and the fact that they actually took 
former. But that's a different direction now. The, the, it, they may have already been headed that way, but this okay, is an entirely different direction for this franchise. And, and don't get me wrong; I'm not saying it's a bad one. I'm not. Maybe it's not a good one either. We we have yet to see. But this is an entirely. We have closed the books on an era of Cardinal baseball very agreed. clearly. Agreed, but this has been going on for a couple of years now. This. Obviously, I don't think they sat around going, what are we going to do if Albert leaves? Mm. But It's been building up for a couple of years, but now he's gone. And Larusa is gone. I mean, those are guys, Larusa was around for 16 years. Pujols was around for 11 of those. Those guys are gone. That's unheard of consistency when you think of manager and one of the... Gr- one of the greatest players to play the game. Oh yeah, no, no, without a doubt. But that's not on. Un- I'm sorry, I shouldn't say unheard of, but in recent yeah. history. In, in recent history, and, and maybe especially with this particular player, all the talk that's gone on for the last decade. But some of the moves that Larusa made that that people didn't either agree with or were kind of confused by, you know, bringing in McGuire, bringing in more of you can't really call him the old guard, but, you know, I think Larusa knew that his clock was ticking. And... Well, don't get me wrong. They're going to continue to bring in veterans. I think the talk about Beltran and Coco Crisp and that is, is proof of that. But I, I think that they will look to promote from within as a first option. Um, and when they determine that that's not viable, then they'll fill in the gap. They'll fill in the gaps with, with veterans. I mean, let's let's not confuse refusing to pay Pujols ungodly sums of money for ungodly number of years with all of a sudden the Cardinals are have become the pre two thousand eleven Marlins, right? They're going to continue to have a payroll between a hundred a hundred and a hundred and ten million dollars each and every season and, and escalating as inflation does. But it's it's fascinating to me now everyone was so focused, including myself, on how do we shoehorn this twenty eight million dollars a year into the payroll mm-hmm. and be able to supplement around pool holes that I never really stopped to look at who's going to be a free agent after the 2012 season. Who's going to be a free agent after the 2013 season? And there are a couple of guys that the Cardinals have to take care of, uh, namely Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. But save for that, um, I don't see Carpenter sticking around beyond this this current two-year deal that he's got. Um Berkman, I think, is going to be year to year, and then you've got a whole lot of money to play with. So for me, it's kind of been an eye-opening thing that, yeah, Pujols left, and again, Will and I talked about this a little bit, that it's a it's a head and heart type of reaction for a lot of us, that the head says this is the right move, the heart says it stinks because... You want to see him be the lifetime cardinal and and retire a cardinal and be forever revered in St. Louis and on and on and on. But 
that's all back there now. That's in the past. And he's gone, and the Cardinals have to do what it takes now to continue to win ball games going forward. And I really, really like the position that they're in to uh, to set themselves up for another extended run sans Pujols. No, let me ask you, because you just opened the way for exactly what my next question was to you. Based on what we've seen with Mosellock, especially when you look at some of the other general managers and some of the head-scratching moves they make, is there any doubt in your mind that with what you said, if, if the promoting from within doesn't work, that let's say next July, that he's not going to be able to pull off another deal when needed? Why wouldn't he, why wouldn't he be able to pull off another deal? You mean well, that's what I'm asking. Is there any doubt in your mind that he is, you know, up there in the in the top percentage of general managers in the game? Oh, I don't know about that. I think it's still too early to tell. I think uh and and even winning the executive of the year award is probably a crown on top of that Rasmus deal, but how many people hated that when it went down? Right? It worked out, and they won the World Series, so now he looks like a hero. But if they no, would have no finished 10 games out of the wild card and 20 games out in the Central, he's not executive of the year. Oh, no, 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 no. And I'm with you. I, I guess my whole thing is, and again, looking at this from the fact that we now have a restocked minor league system. Mm, yes. And, well... There's there's more high end than there's probably been in quite some time. Sure. And the fact that none of them have been traded except if you want to count Rasmus in there. But, but let's also keep in mind that he's lost his draft guru. Uh <laughs> and that's the thing. They'll survive. They'll that's, fill that role. Well they've got a the lot of smart they've it. got a lot of smart people on Clark Street, but yeah, he might have been the draft guru, but his power had had waned mm. considerably in the last few years when they. No, 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 no. I think you got you it backwards, so? Josh. You don't think so? He had just gotten promoted. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, in title, he certainly did. I, I mean, I don't know what well, you suspect is going on in those offices, but he was promoted in title. He was promoted in title, but. Going way back to when you know everything with with Jockety and and the whatever you want to call it the rift or whatever was going on in the Cardinals front office and well yeah and he won that. he won that battle you remember that Jockety got fired right? yeah he he won that battle but I'm talking about with his promotion and I'm using my my air quotes when. John Booch took over and changed a lot of what was going on in the minor league system. They cut bait with a lot of, you know, Lunau's guys that just they I have not seen the Cardinals and it wasn't a purge by any stretch of the imagination, but they started aggressively promoting prospects to the likes that hasn't been seen in, in quite some time. They took the gloves off and basically said, All right, Let's really see if you got what it takes, because if you don't, there's three or four guys behind you. Well, chopping at the bit to get that spot. But, that, but to I, me, that was the big that was the big change. But I would look at it this way: that's management of that's that's just determining who's playing where. 
That has nothing to do with identifying and acquiring talent. Uh, agreed, but at the same time, this last draft that they had was completely... It was not... And, and I'm not saying Luna was looking to leave, and I'm not saying he... You know, but this last draft was, for me, it was an eye-opening experience because they went out and did some different things, and whether or not. Well, hang on, you got to qualify that. Well, they, I mean, they drafted in essence, they drafted three center fielders in like the first five rounds. Uh huh. And they went for more high school talent, especially high school position players and that's not something that the Cardinals as a not a rule or whatever but they they have all but shied away from anybody not named Shelby or a few of their high-end pitchers as far as position players go they've mainly looked for I won't say the the top tier of college talent but they have shied away from what some other teams do. It, it, it's basically like I don't think the change that has come about with saying you've got to put a cap on certain uh, the structure to the draft, I don't think that's really going to affect the Cardinals much at all. Now, I could be dead wrong, and maybe Lunau's got or had still a lot more influence than I'm thinking. But Well, here's why they had the flexibility to take high-ceiling high school players now is because – they have gone for how many years now taking organizational guys, or, or, or not even necessarily organizational guys, but guys who project to be an average major leaguer, right? Because the goal is you draft – well, number one, I don't care how many center fielders – they could take center fielders in the first ten rounds and they'll be lucky if one of them makes the big leagues, right? So so yeah. taking taking multiple players at one position consecutive rounds whatever in baseball in my opinion in baseball and I realize this is manipulated by the slots and and signing bonuses etc which will be interesting to see how that changes you take the best player available yeah flat flat point blank so but in past years, the Cardinals have been taking guys who, let's build up the strength of the system, let's get a guy who is going to be a solid 10-year major leaguer. He he's Chances are really good he's never going to be a star, but chances are also really good that he is going to make the big leagues. He's not going to flame out. And that, those are all the college guys that you talk about and the, and the surefire, uh, you know, Colton Wong – I'm really hopeful that we'll see him sooner than later. And Brett Wallace, a guy who translated really quickly into a trade chip and not long thereafter a a big leaguer. And um, so now they're in a position where the overall depth of the system of the organization is strong that they can take a chance on uh, Charlie Tilson. Uh, in the second round, a guy out of high school that has a lot, a lot of upside. He may flame out, but he's got a lot of upside that they can hopefully translate. So I think that was just a natural progression of 
building depth and then transitioning into, okay, now we can afford to go for some of these higher ceiling guys because we had to have the if, – if you're an organization that can't translate any talent from the minor leagues to the pros, you're a host. Yeah. You, unless you're the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Angels or, or a bunch of these teams that have unlimited sums of money. Um, so they got themselves a bunch of guys that could do that. Um, and this, and the system is flush with those types of guys now, in my opinion. Now is the time for them to go after the high ceiling guys. Don't get me wrong, Nick. I hope you're right because this draft coming up, you know, the, the Cardinals are going to have a whole bunch of. Uh, They've got a lot of picks to spend. picks. Yeah, they they can definitely take some chances and, you know, like you said, kind of shoot for the moon type of thing. I, for me, I was just surprised that they finally got to that point where you started seeing, you could actually, you know, visibly see the results of going kind of against the grain. I, I, I'm usually, I'm right there with you. Take the best available. Uh, I won't say the Cardinals did or didn't do that in this past draft. I'm just curious to see if this is a, a natural progression, like you said, and what types of moves are, are forthcoming and what I guess is slated. I'd, the little homework I've started doing, it's supposed to be a real deep draft coming up. So, eh, you know, I mean, obviously. Well, it's a good time to have a lot of picks. It, it's, a, it's a good time to have a lot of picks, but like you mentioned with Brett Wallace, the fact that they gave Zach Cox a major league deal and the fact that he's still in the in the fold in the minor league system, to me that's uh, whether or not it's just maybe the team hasn't made an over-the-top offer or – they really kind of want to see if this is a guy that, you know, is he a potential Allen Craig bat without a position type of thing? Or, you know, a lot of answers are going to be had this year when a lot of these guys finally do make it up to Memphis. Well, I don't think they had much of a choice. Because he hasn't exactly torn the cover off the ball, right? Uh, he he started off slow at every every step but he's finished strong he's turned around his power started to come around a little bit in Springfield so I think they're hoping that he breaks out and if he does maybe he is a trade ship and if and if not a trade ship maybe he's a first baseman you know who knows yeah it's it's you know there's a a lot of interesting uh the way the rosters are going to shake out is going to be it's going to be impressive to see because of that, that high-end talent that they have built up and, and they they basically grew, you know, the Matt Adams of the world are all getting to the point where they're starting to get noticed more. And whereas the Cardinals farm system for <laughs> the, the better part of the last decade was just, you know, to be honest, not good, you know, but now when you look at the number of players that they were able to advance and use in a the right way, the Alan Craigs and the John Jays of the world, you know, like you said, you you gotta draft guys that will make it and maybe not be a breakout star, but if you can get one or two of them that work well in your system, man, it that can make all the difference. Agreed. I really don't have anything to add to that. Moving on. Well, what do you say? Uh, let's let's listen to a little Stoffma. 
Um, our our musical guest, as usual, Star Off Machine, will uh, will play a little of their tunage. Uh, then we'll get into about forty five minutes worth, um, give or take, with Will Leach, and uh, then then Josh and I'll come back and and button it up and and talk about uh, what's coming next for Pitchers Hit Eighth and and what we've got in store for our next podcast. We're joined currently by Will Leach of New York Magazine and, and the author of Are We Winning, uh, an excellent book. And we're happy to have um, some time from Will, who uh, just informed us offline that he's a new father. So congratulations, Will. Uh, thank you. Uh, because I'm a new father, my son was born about three weeks ago, so I'm still in that sleep-deprived mode where I'm not entirely certain that this podcast is not a hallucination. <laughs> so, uh, so bear with me. Uh, but uh, thanks for having me. It's, it's it's definitely my pleasure. Well, three weeks that about encompasses the same timeline that you still might believe that Albert Pujols being an angel is a hallucination. Is that true? <laughs> certainly, uh, certainly. I I, I do think Dee Dee's um, radio thing was a hallucination. <laughs> I think that was definitely true. Uh, it's actually kind of funny because, you know, the, um, you know, my wife, my wife is from, is from, uh, Columbus, Georgia. She's a Southern girl. And, um, and she, you know, she, so she's, she actually said in her, the vows of our wedding that she would be a Cardinals fan. So, and I, and, and if you want to know how important that is. <laughs> and, uh, so she, um, uh, she, you know, because I, there's a bar here in New York, uh, full of Cardinal fans where we get together, we get together once or twice a month anyway during the regular season. And then of course during the playoffs, we got together every single game so I was having you know obviously we all everyone all went through the playoff run it's an hour later you know uh, on the east coast so right. so so uh, that pretty much took up my entire month of October so she decided at eight and a half months pregnant essentially uh, to she's like well listen you I really want to be a part of this big thing um, uh, for game seven I'd like to at least come by for a little bit for game seven to the bar and of course the bar at start at the beginning of the year there's like 15 people that go to the bar but by game seven of the World Series the place is like every every person that's hurt, that even likes a bird uh, <laughs> shows up so uh, so like 500 people there so she left about in the third inning so I kind of walked her outside and she you know she's eight months pregnant and of course the owner of the bar it's Foley's New York which is a mm-hmm. Uh, popular baseball bar in New York. He knows me, so he was like, "Listen, well, let me let me clear out for your wife to uh, for for your for your wife to get out of here." So I was like, "Thanks, man, I appreciate it." We I get her outside. I, we, I I get her in the cab. She goes home. I come back in. It's like the fourth inning, and the bar like the bar is completely freaked out. They're like, "Oh my God, Will his wife just went into labor during Game Seven of the World Series." <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and and part of me wanted to keep the fiction going, sure. just to, just because you know I was like. Listen, so you know, if you wonder how much I care about the Cardinals, my wife's in labor, okay? And it's the fourth inning. It, labor takes a long time. Yeah, we can right. find out how this right. goes. So, uh, so th- 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 there'll always be a Cardinals connection to, uh, to young William Bryan's birth. And all the free drinks you could stomach, I'm sure. Oh yeah, it was very. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know, I mean, to be fair, by 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 the ninth, and a couple hours after she left, most of the drinks were in everybody's hair. Sure, so, sure, yeah, <laughs> so right. I think everyone went through that experience. 
you know, it's funny that you mentioned that just to a, a similar story. I live in the suburbs of Chicago now. My wife grew up here, lived here all her life. And so she's not particularly a baseball fan either, but very similar deal. We're getting married. You're you're kind of buying into this. Here's the Cardinal t-shirt. Here's the, you know, my parents every year for Christmas make sure she's got something with the Cardinals on it to make sure that's ingrained in her, right? And uh, we have family friends that when our son was born didn't really know the connection with me and the Cardinals and we got a, a little Cubs onesie and a Cubs warm up and a Cubs hat and that stuff left the house immediately. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> yes, without question. As as well as well it should. And and <laughs> so very similar it, throughout the World Series it was I'll be in the basement. Um, let me know, let me know if let me know if the house is burning down. Um, I'm gonna watch the game and and uh, game three. I actually spent watching uh, with Dane Perry and oh, yeah. a, a couple of other folks from uh, acquaintance acquaintances from Twitter and through the blog and that at uh, at Sedgwick's, which is the lone Cardinal bar in Chicago. And very similar experience. I, I've been there for a handful of games throughout the season just to kind of get out of the house, do whatever, go down there and watch Cards Cubs instead of going to Wrigley, whatever the case may be. And it's always a ghost town. You walk. Yeah. I walked in for game three and you couldn't move in the place. Yeah, yeah. You just, know, it, it was crazy. Like, you know, for game, I believe it was game five or six, uh, Mark Lamping showed up. Mm. Because you know he works for uh, right. for MetLife Stadium, yeah. So of course he knew about the Cardinals bar, and uh, Julia Ferre, who was a wonderful woman who I met in 2006, and he, she is the organizer of the Cardinals fans in New York group. Uh, he uh, like it was a, it was a very cool thing. It was a very thing, that, great thing to show off to my New York friends. They're like, well, let me get this straight. The former president slash owner slash whatever he was of the team literally showed up at the bar just to thank you guys for doing it the cardinals are the nicest franchise in sports <laughs> and i love i love showing that off to, to new york fans because it was true like and uh and of course you know i get so i get so territorial about this because this is my you know i mean my my cardinals group in new york is like my salvation you know it's my sure. it's my oasis so i'm just like oh Sure, Mr. Johnny, come lately. What kind of Cardinal fans are you? Oh, okay. I guess you own the team. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. Fine. You, you've, you've earned your stripes. Oh, uh, what a great story. <laughs> what a great story. Well, so it can't all be fun and games, right? Pujols leaves town. Uh, you've already mentioned DD goes on the radio in St. Louis and, and kind of off the deep end a little bit, I guess you could say. Obviously, there there are two sides to the coin. A lot of folks are, are surprisingly to me. Has it surprised you that most of the backlash has been at Pujols and not at the club? You know, I think that um, I think that there was a, a, a general understanding uh, among you know. To be fair, you know, I think that um, this is one of those rare circumstances where. People that are not like 
like breaking nerds like us and obsess about this all the time and think about this all the time and, and constantly, you know, and we, we, we know our wars and we know our vorps and, and, and so on. You know, uh, this is a situation where both we, we would look, we could look at the pool situation and be like, listen, Albert should want to stay here, but the Cardinals, you know, I mean, the Cardinals are frankly already overextending what they should be doing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard to find a person uh, as much as this was probably is, I'm sure, good for the Angels in the short term. There's, there's yet to be a person uh, on any side that seems to think that this is possibly going to be a good deal for the Angels, even in five or six years. Uh, so, you know, I think, so even like the sabermetric smart community was all kind of like, okay, Albert, we're not going to offer. Uh, uh, you're going to have to come. You have. To, we're not going to over offer. It's a smart thing with the Cardinals not to over offer. And then, of course, you have the regular kind of regular fan community that's like, why don't they pay for twenty dollars in Ovaltine like in 1957? <laughs> and and so you know, I think that like those two things kind of converge. It's, it's weird because I feel like a lot of the criticism of Pujols. Uh, is something that actually I'm, I don't side with in a general idea, which is, mm-hmm. uh, personally, I think every player should have a right to get whatever they can, and should be have a, have a right to to go out and make as much money as they need to. They need to, and and certainly, and just in the same way that a, that a team has a right to say, you know what, we're not going to pay that much. You know, I, I never understood this notion that well, the Cardinals made uh, Albert was underpaid for the first ten years, so he should be overpaid now. Well, that's not actually how businesses work at all. Right. And so, right. you know, so I think that like, you know, I, I think people understood, the smart fans understood why pools, why the Cardinals couldn't overpay. And the, I'm not going to say dumb fans, I'm going to say casual fans who uh, are, tend to be against the player in this situation in general in the first place. So, so I think that, and also the idea, the fact that Stan Mutual I really think the thing that may have pushed it was that Twitter from his grandson. That yeah, tweet from his grandson. Yeah. There was something about that of having the day. And remember too that we thought we had him once the Marlins were out. Right. There did there did seem to be this idea that like okay good that this is this is going to end the way it was probably supposed to all along. So then when it didn't, you know it was it was it was hard to 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 really be on Albert's side over that. You know, it's funny because logically speaking, I think a lot of people understand, you know, I mean, uh, but uh, at least in, in kind of the nerd community. But um, uh, on the whole, you know, I also think, frankly, there's, Pools is outward, Pools and his family's outward religion has uh, has always been something that, I mean, you see what's going on with Tebow now. I mean, like when religion <laughs> gets involved in this, everyone just goes crazy on, right. on both sides. So I think that uh, uh, you know I think that I th- that I th- to me that I wish she just hadn't done the interview at all. Yes. You know, I think that like yep. uh, and I don't blame her for doing it. I actually even understand her mindset. But like you know I think a lot of times in these situations, people um, you know Albert Pools and his family have really got nothing but love for ten years now, and so when that turned. And, you know, it's, I can see how it would be hard for him and his family to see that there were a lot of people measured about this that were very sad about it, but didn't actually think he was a jerk. Uh, and, for, and then just respond to that with, with, with a pretty self-serving kind of strange, it just, it just made it worse. Like at this point, we've accepted it. Just go, just go, right. just go. And right. I, th- I think that that, that, that that interview made it a lot harder. Well, and I, and I agree with you in that. I've been explaining it to folks asking around here because, of course, again, I'm in Cubland, so every time I run across my friends, the first word is, oh, hey, so Pujols, you know, what? what's going on? And it's like, well, 
I view it as a win-win-lose-lose situation, right? The Cardinals win because they're not going to be hamstrung long-term. Pujols wins because he's got his dough and he's got his love and his admiration in L.A. But at the same time, I think both lose on the fact that he left. The Cardinals lose on not having Pujols uh, be that Stan Musial type character, even if he would never be Stan, he would be. He was certainly going to approach that level. And similarly, I think Pujols loses in that case too. That he will, he will now never approach that level. I, it seems oversimplifying it, but on, on some scale, he's just another mercenary. Yeah, and it's hard to wrap. You know, it's funny. I, I wrote I wrote a brief piece for uh, for New York Magazine, kind of mm-hmm. a stream of consciousness react uh, to this, which uh, which I, it was for, beautiful. Well, it's funny because ordinarily I would never write. You know, I mean, I write for New York Magazine. The, the average readership of New York Magazine doesn't care about the St. Louis Cardinals that much. <laughs> but it was, but it was funny because I kind of like had a, a little bit of a release once the World Series started, and I realized that. You know, okay, I'm just going to go. I think there are more people calling for me and knowing me from Deadspin and my general personality and from the book that there are more people wanting me to write about my personal feelings about the World Series than pretending to do some sort of, well, fellow New Yorkers, <laughs> let us all. So, so that kind of released me to, to write about not only the World Series, but then also pools in, 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 in that kind of open fashion. And, you know, one of the things that I, that I thought was interesting about that was that I mentioned that it seems insane to me. And I know the Hall, the Hall of Fame makes the decision. And I know that, that, practically speaking, there's no way that he's going to have a better 10 years with the Angels than he had with the Cardinals for the last 11 years. Yeah, I would agree. It's still hard for me to wrap my mind around the fact that, he's going to go, that he will go in the Hall of Fame the Cardinals had. And, or that the Cardinals will retire his number. It's just hard for me, in the wake of this, to, to understand that I know that, like, practically speaking, maybe once everyone cools off, maybe. But on the other hand, like, to me, that's kind of what was lost here. And, and, and I, logically speaking, Cardinals made the right decision. Pools made the right decision. Cardinals made the right decision for the Cardinals. Pools made the right decision for Pools. But, man, it just stinks, doesn't it? Like, in a general kind of way, it just stinks. It does. Well, and, and that's the other conversation that's been going on, right, is that a lot of people, again l- – as we've discussed, where our heads are telling us this is this is the right decision for the Cardinals to make as an organization long term. This is what's best for the long term success of the franchise. But in the heart, it hurts. Yeah, and I'll say I, I will say this: if he if he was going to leave, if he were going to leave, if you had told me two years ago, listen, well, it's happening. He's leaving. You're going to have to let it go. Just accept it. I have to say, I, I, I don't know if there would actually be a, a, a team that would make me less angry than the Angels. Yep. And uh, like like uh, uh, the Cubs obviously would have been a disaster. Mm-hmm. The, Yankee, the Yankees and Red Sox would have just felt like the game, there was something wrong with the game. The Marlins would have just been embarrassing for everyone involved. Like, and, and the Rangers would have been a little bit too much like, well, Carl Malone got beat by the Bulls often <laughs> enough that now he's going over. So uh, now, he's going, now he's going over there. So, you know, uh, the fact that he's on the West Coast, he's in the other league, it's it's it, it it's it's going to be easier to pretend that it's, he's not even playing anymore. <laughs> well, right, and and to to further the little subtle dig. I mean, who pays attention to the Angels anyways? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, and the thing is, you know, I mean, I've been like the Angels, and also the Angels are not. I mean, they're not the Marlins. They're like they're like a real franchise. They're like you know, they're a real <laughs> franchise with real fans, and uh, and you know, and I think that like there's something to the idea that. 
he's just the Cardinals don't play them next year. Like I'm, I'm so glad. I kept having these nightmare situations, scenarios of of the Cardinals playing that first game at the Marlins' new stadium with the crazy unicorn dolphin rainbow <laughs> things. Right, and inevitably and, he'd hit 78 home runs or something and make that thing go off once a game. Uh, it'd just be a disaster. And like you know, I feel like he's like. And I, I, you know, it's funny because I, I, uh, with him leaving, I've I've had to go through a lot of, okay, I'm going to, I have to question myself as a human being (laughs) in a lot of ways because I I, I do not want uh, to be, uh, I I had to to sit down and think, okay, how do I want Albert to perform the rest of his career? Like now that he's gone, like how do I want him to do? And I don't want him to like blow out a knee or anything. I I passed that threshold. Like I I really had to feel like, oh, I hope I don't want him to get hurt. And I don't. (laughs) So that was good. Because you don't really know these things about yourself until sure. you actually test it. Sure. And because, uh, like, I can also, like, if he, uh, before he left, I could be like, well, if he left, I'd wish him well, but I don't really know if that's the truth until it actually happens. Yeah. So it was, a re- it was a relief to know that, okay, I'm not, I don't hate him. I don't want him to get hurt. But I'll be honest, I want him to have a not dramatic fall off, but I, if he's hitting 20 home runs and, uh, and, and, and getting on base at a 370 clip or a 360 clip, in uh, in four in four years, I'm not going to be devastated. <laughs> it's probably the best way to put it. And uh, I think that's fair. Uh, I think that's fair. Yeah. And, uh, and and I don't and I don't mean that. Uh, uh, I mean it's it's funny because like I don't mean that as anything negative against him. Like I personally want him to fail. I want the Cardinals' choice to be vindicated. Sure. Like like I want I want to I want to have that point in five years be like wow I'm so glad we can we can go get this we can we can go get hot new free agent Colby Rasmus uh, <laughs> we can afford to get that guy um, uh, you know or who you know, obviously I, I kid but like you know it's it's nice to now that you're not spending that money you know because I mean I think we can all agree I, I you know I've, I've seen what you've talked about this we can all agree the contract they were going to offer him was crazy yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, and because it's Albert, it wouldn't have been crazy. Like we let it go when he's 41 and hitting 210, but it was crazy. And now that they're not doing it, not that I want him to do poorly, but I want to feel like, okay, if this is going to hurt as much, at least I want to have the concrete proof that it was the right decision. Well, and again, in my mind, Didi talks about being offended and, and in general, the tone is that the the Pujols as a family have been offended. Albert's been offended by the Cardinals presenting what many might view as some creative solutions to the deal. You know, if he's so confident in his ability, what's insulting about a five-year offer at the average annual value that they were offering? Again, that's something that's realistic for the Cardinals, maybe not so much for him. And, And again, another thing that I've talked with a lot of people about is that they're angry about, oh, well, it was just about the money. And while that's true, it, it, I think it's also hard for us average fans. And, and when I say average, I mean you and I aren't hitting 40 home runs in a year and, and whatever the case may be in Major League Baseball. But yet, it, yet, 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 sorry. <laughs> it's hard for us to understand how much that 254 million dollar number plays into his his self-worth image and and how he there are only so many benchmarks that players can use to establish themselves as one of the best ever right you have mvp awards and and whatever other hardware you can win and you have the contracts that you got and i think it's hard for folks to see past 
and and myself included convincing myself that maybe it was just about the money but at the same time i think that money to him says something else because he's already got a lot of money yeah i you know i think you're right and i think that like you know, and to be fair, the Colonel's kind of invited this a little bit with yeah, the with the holiday sure. signing. Like, I think that, like, the fact is, the last two years, Albert Pools, Albert freaking Pools, was not the highest paid player on his own team. Like, that's crazy. Like, I can understand how, in a certain way, that might claw it, that might that might gnaw at him a little bit. I, and I and I can see that. On the other hand, it's pretty hard. It's pretty frustrating for the, for for uh, for a Cardinal fan to kind of be. I mean, we're all. You know, I mean, we all remember when, like, I remember when, when he kind of like came out of nowhere in spring training. Oh, one, who he only made the roster because Bobby Bonilla was hurt. Right. You know, and like, I, I like on all the little moments of his career, like when Larusa kind of out of nowhere in oh two or oh three said, "This is the best player I've ever ever managed." Yeah. And it kind of freaked everybody. I was right. like, "Wait, whoa!" Like you don't you, like you managed McGuire, you managed Canseco, you managed Eckersley, like you like you had Ricky freaking Henderson, like in like th- this guy's like twenty three, like you and Larusa is not exactly known for his pumping up of ball players. Exactly. So like you know we. You know, we, we remember all these milestones. We remember, like I, you know, I had a, I did a slideshow uh, uh, of pictures that ran at, at my wedding, and I kind of put together a bunch of slideshows uh, of pictures of like family and friends, and then I put in some things I was interested in, like Kirk Cobain and Woody Allen, and I found this great picture of Jack Buck interviewing Al- a 21 year old Albert Pujols, and it's just like that, like that sums up so much of. Like there's an emotional like the, my 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 growing up experience to my future experience, yeah. to my, and like that that means a lot. And like you know when you have all that, and then we're we're going through this period of loss. Like there's something that we thought we were always going to have, like El Hombre, which is you know I mean we we had this notion, this this connection. This is you know I mean being a Cardinal fan is really about that. That's kind of why the Cardinals matter in a lot of ways. People always get into the the, the greatest fans in baseball. We applaud a productive <laughs> out, you know, and that. But what it's really about, and I and I get it, and I and I like to like can push that fiction a little bit myself. But what it's really about is the idea that you know this is so much like it's a market like St. Louis should not be able to have the payroll and the devotion that it does. The reason it does is history. Like that's why, <laughs> and like it has this broad geographical base, and all these people that be- that love the Cardinals because their family has loved the Cardinals, and because it's something that's spread down. Like for kind of loud, I don't know what's going to happen with my son. I don't know if he's going to like baseball. I don't know if he's going to want to be a dancer. I don't know if he's. I don't know what he's going to want to do. But I know he will be a Cardinals fan. If just to appease me, <laughs> and, like, and like you know, like because that's just important, you know. It, that's it's just something that you that you carry on. This is that's really so much of what the Cardinals fandom has been about. It's why the franchise is able to not be the Royals in a lot of ways, and why they're not, they're able to actually have this money to spend. So then to have this kind of emotional loss that we're all dealing with, and then to have Albert come out. Who, by the way, in Albert's interview in Anaheim. And I always like to remind people, it's Anaheim. Anaheim. <laughs> like, right. I lived in Los Angeles. That ain't Los Angeles. And um, uh, it's funny because he seemed a lot less certain in his interview. He sure did. Than Dee Dee did in hers. Sure and, did. And, uh, and he almost seemed wobbly and a little weird. So then to hear Dee Dee kind of come out and, and, and be 
almost defiant as if like they didn't treat us like family it's it's just kind of a hard thing to hear and and i know that like you know these these are these i don't actually know these people these people will never know me we're not actually friends but like to invest this much in a franchise and then go through this kind of emotional loss and then be told that, well, they just didn't show us enough love. That's kind of a hard thing to accept. Right. Right. I agree. Well, let's talk about something more positive. How about that? Yes, exactly. I will say this. I I mentioned this. So I talked to my father, uh, after, um, of course is the subject of the book. Sure. And, um, and I talked to my father the day after the pools thing, uh, the day of this, of he signing with Anaheim. And he said, we both agreed on one thing. We want to win the 2012 World Series so much more than we did 24 hours earlier. (laughs) 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 And like, you know, because I remember in 06, you know, in 06, I kind of wanted spring training to not happen. Like I like I wanted I wanted I wanted spring training to last until like July. Yeah. I didn't want to start because because I was just like I can't believe that happened. I can't believe we won this. I'm not ready to not be called the champion anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just kind of like it felt like you kind of like pulled this cosmic trick, and and if someone noticed that you did it, you'd be taken away. And you know, and I think I I don't know I don't know what your thoughts about this, but like I always was very defensive. When people would say, well, the Cardinals only won 83 games in 2006. That wasn't a real championship team. I always get very defensive. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. No one seemed to be blaming the Red Sox for for winning 15 less games than the Cardinals in 04. I don't right. want to hear it. But now that 2011's happened, okay, I can admit it. 2006 was a little bit of a fluke. <laughs> I can say it now. I can say it now because 2011 was so great. But, like, yeah, I, I, it, I will say this has been an extra level of inspiration to get fired up for next year. Well, it's interesting that you that you reference 06 and go in that direction because that was really – that that leads me into where I was going next is, you know, the juggernauts, the 04 team, the 05 team get beat down, nothing to show for it, and – 06 and and 2011 teams win the World Series. Is it time to start rooting for the Cardinals to be mediocre in the regular season? You know, it's funny though because like when you really look at that, like th- this is another reason I felt so good about the about the 2011 team was there once that that 2011 team started to click. Like 2006 won because Tyler Johnson and Josh Kimmy were suddenly inexplicably awesome, <laughs> and like and, you know, and just like weird things were happening, and the outfielders were falling down, and pitchers were like it was just strange. It, like it felt like the game was on the wrong level, like you were on the amateur level of a video game. But like once once this team started to click in the postseason, and you know, I mean we saw the team in September, like. That looked like a championship team to me. 2006 never quite looked like a championship team. Obviously, 2011 was so was full of. I was at the. I was at the. They were full of so many times this season where you're like, I'm a moron for liking baseball, <laughs> <laughs> and which is one of the things that made it so great. But by the time they started winning, it felt like this is a team that if they win the championship, they're good enough to do it. Well, yeah, and I feel like the the 06 and the and the 2011 teams were almost polar opposites of each other, right? Because the 2006 team it seemed dominant early and then fell off at the end, and, and obviously 2011 was kind of the flip side. But you have some common denominators, right? The the 2006 and 2011 bullpens all of a sudden completely unhittable. You know, Octavio yeah. Dutel, who, who thought that he was going to be one of the keys of that Rasmus trade? I mean, just unbelievable down the stretch. And, and there's still a tiny little part of me that thinks that, 
three and a half million or whatever the Tigers gave him was worth it just to see Ryan Braun strike out in every single at bat. <laughs> but um, the parallels are a little uncanny, and, and I think hopefully you can start to derive. And I realize that this is foolish given baseball being a fickle beast, but. Uh, some things that you can derive from that and, and looking forward at what the Cardinals do have going for them is a really, really all of a sudden strong, young, fireballing bullpen that kind of emerged out of necessity in 2011 and, and now where was a question mark entering the 11 season is probably one of the team's biggest strengths going into 12. And, and it's incredible to me to think that it, and I'm obviously not the only one. I, I'm sure that that you have similar sentiments, and and I know that you've you you've expressed some of that, and and a lot of people much more plugged into the game of baseball than I seem to agree that this team can lose Albert Pujols and still be pretty damn good. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny too. I, I don't know about you, and I I don't want to. I don't know if I'm right with this, but it's a little crazy to me. Like to me, Carlos Beltran seems like the most obvious little fit for this team right now. Because I mean, like this is this is what we really what we're really getting out of Pools by not signing this contract is we can actually pay not as much as Pools, but that amount of money every two years in like those little short runs. And, like, that's the nice part about this. And, like, there's a foundation there. And it's funny when you think about how much, like, you know, uh, there was a, I saw an article earlier the day where Walt Jockety was, was saying how really frustrating it was that he wasn't able to get any deals done the way he used to. But, like, that's why Jeff Lunau won that argument. And that's why Jeff Lunau right. is now the general manager of the, of the Houston Astros. Like, there's a real foundation there. And there's more guys coming. You know, it's exciting to me that the Cardinals have two of the top – five pitching starting pitching prospects in baseball right. like that's, that's that's a thrilling kind of thing and that's something to have coming to where i mean you know it, it it's there is something almost it's funny because when 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 they when you know when berkman resigned and it was like okay well this is just the it just in case you know if, it, if the albert stuff doesn't go right Berkman can play first and Craig can play right. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's nice that they're doing that. But really, we'll probably end up trading Craig for a piece once Albert <laughs> inevitably signs. Right. And, but it's funny because now, you know, now I feel like this is such an impossible situation for, kind of, uh, for, for Mazeliak to deal with. And I actually think he's handled it pretty well as long as they spend this money. Right. And like, like, like to me, that's another reason like Beltran is just kind of really important. It's not so much that like, the like Beltran is going to be the savior for all these things, but like now you can get little pools. <laughs> you exactly. get a pools for a year, exactly. and you can like like you have this now. It's not so much the I demand you spend money, but like hey, that's like Beltran's exactly that's a little luxury you have now. <laughs> is that you can go get a guy like that? He, he can pay a hundred. You can pay him more than you need to for 130 games next year, and you can be just as good with Wayne Wright back. You can be just as good a team. So like you know, it's 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 encouraging. It's funny because like a lot of people out in New York are like, "Oh man, now you just know how the Cleveland felt in LeBron." And like, I have no idea they had it so so much worse. <laughs> yeah, so much right. worse. Right. Well, I gotta say, you're making me feel good about myself because as you as you're going along your stream of consciousness, I'm crossing off items here that I had uh, 
on my little agenda to talk to you about Beltran. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. absolutely. It's, it's perfectly fine. It's, it's the perfect, uh, it's a perfect flow through the show. I, cause Beltran was one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. Um, and, and I'm in full agreement with you that, as you say, these are the things that they can do now. And, and I made the comment earlier, um, on Twitter or somewhere that I was looking at, uh, Cott's contracts, the mm-hmm. wonderful baseball contract website the other day and, and what the Cardinals have committed now sans poo holes and 2013, 2014, the Cardinals are going to be like the Yankees in free agency because they've got to re up with Wainwright and Molina and save for that. They've got a lot of, they've got a lot of cost certainty and a lot of money to spend to get to a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I agree with you. Pujols being gone gives them the flexibility to do a Beltran. It gives them. A, I was on a. Someone asked me to to be a guest on their podcast last night, and asked me if I thought that they paid overpaid to re-sign for Kyle. And I told him, yeah, probably a little bit, but um, maybe a lot. But the fact remains that number one. I'm not a big proponent of spending to spend, but you're right in that fans do expect them to reallocate that those dollars somewhere. And number two, all of a sudden in this post-Pujols world that John Mosaylock is living in, he can afford to throw money at Frakal hoping that it works out, and if it doesn't, no big deal. Yeah, and, and also, too, that like the idea that like these 10-year contracts, like... These happen once every like ten years. <laughs> like, right. like, the, like the idea that when you like, just as Mark, I would like to see to see, and maybe you guys will do it. But like uh, a, a blog, like mark the idea of like, hey, here's actually here here's what the Cardinals got this year that with the money that they would have paid for Albert every year because you can do that. You can get like there's always a, some sort of Carlos Beltran two year guy. That you can pay a little bit. That's worth it for that time. I mean, Berkman was the guy last year, you know. And like, there's always that guy that you can grab that you don't have to commit the next ten years to. Like, you're, it's so nice to kind of be in that position where you have the money if you need it, but you're not stuck spending it. Mm-hmm. And that's good. Like, yeah. it's very. This is where you want to be. I mean, you know, particularly. You know, I mean, look. I mean, frankly, look at every franchise that goes crazy spending money. <laughs> like, like it's fine because, like, you know, right now the Yankees are really good and everyone's very excited with the Yankees. But they are. I mean, because like you know, they have they spend all this money and they're the problem in baseball. But if you look at what the Yankees are doing, they are frantically shedding payroll. Yeah. Not because they can't afford it. I mean, they can totally because afford they're it. not winning titles. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense anymore. That's not that like it doesn't make sense to go. Like this, you know, it's it. It doesn't make sense to go just do that and get those guys. Like the smart teams, the smart. It's funny because people always talk about how you know, like the A's never did it, and Moneyball never worked. But of course, what it really is is the the rich teams figured it out. And now they're doing it, right. <laughs> and, and you know, I think that that's what the Yankees are doing. That's what the Red Sox are probably going to be doing. That's what they, and it's frankly what disturbing about what the Cubs are doing. <laughs> and especially yeah, I, as more wild cards get added to the fray, I think it's be- totally. I think it's becoming increasingly uh, more and more obvious that if you have a ticket to the tournament, if you make the playoffs, yeah, there's going to be a favorite, but that waiting gets far more even 
once you, once you get beyond game 162. Yeah. Yeah, and like the idea that like if the Cardinals like all they got to do is get to that point and then they got Wainwright and Car- and Carp and That's you know right. I mean? The and stakes change or, or the or the uh the playing field changes, I mean, really. And I mean, honestly, look at the look at the Cardinals heroes. Once they just got in the playoffs for their two World Series thing, for their two World Series, you're looking at David Eckstein and and Josh Kinney and and uh, and and Octavio Dotel and David Freeze. Like you know, it, all you got to do is get in, and just crazy stuff happens. And that's only so I get, think you're right. yeah. And that's I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but that's only get, no, no. that's only going to be more amplified. I feel like uh, in the with the one game playoff system for the wild cards. You know, you're going to have you're going to wind up soon or later there's going to be two wild cards that were separated by 10 games in the regular season and the better one's going to get knocked off because the the lower wild card's going to have uh, Greg Maddox or whoever the ace of the day is I feel like it's an inefficient system I'm sure it'll reap millions of dollars for Major League Baseball but um, I I think it's going to turn the playoffs into even more of a crapshoot yeah, and and uh, it's, it's funny because as a as a baseball fan, as a fan in, of, of fairness and equality, I don't like it. But as a Cardinal fan, this is awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the fact is, is we might you know I mean uh, all you gotta do is get in, and the Cardinals are in a position next year where they've got they can get in, yeah. <laughs> and they can get in for an extended for period sure. of time and and do it without spending twenty five million dollars on Albert Pujols, particularly and, in their division. Yeah, exactly, and you know, and 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 to be fair, there's still a large part of this. Like I, it, it, this is the ultimate Pujols problem, is that like I know intellectually this is all right, and I know this is correct, and I know that we're in a good spot not to be paying this amount amount of money. Not only even, not only in eight years, but even in the next couple of years, like it's not really in a bad spot to have this kind of money to spend. It still stinks. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and, and and I think that that's the thing that just kind of kills me about it is that like I know I know, I know it like you know th- this is I know it's smart I know it's good they didn't do it I just it just feels I I, I couldn't I I couldn't look at the press conference I could only read you know what people wrote about it and kind of get clips from it oh yeah I list I can only and yeah, I didn't it's watch just either. hard. It's hard, right? I didn't watch either. Yeah. And and it's and any Cardinal fan and I'm gonna I'm gonna generalize here, but I feel like any Cardinal fan watching game seven of the two thousand eleven series winding down would be lying if they told you they didn't see that as the second of three or four or five rings that Pujols was gonna win with the Cardinals because that's just how it happened. Yeah, and and the idea that like this was going to be something like this is going to be one of the definitive Albert moments, and the one when when he did his after his three thousand hit and after his seven six hundredth homer and all these things that he was going to do with us, he's going to be doing them for Anaheim, man. And it's hard, you know, it's 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 hard to wrap your mind around that. And I think that I think that uh, that we'll get over it, and and I think, but you can sense. We can talk all we want about the Cardinals not going to a level in Anaheim, making them feel appreciated, and all these kind of things. I think we can. I think in six years, five, six years, even if the Cardinals do well and the Angels do well, or maybe they both do poorly, I think everybody deep down in twenty years is going to know that this was a mistake. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and maybe this, that's sentimentalizing, but I, I don't actually think so. And if nothing else, depending on who you listen to, it's, it, it's just us smug Cardinal fans getting our comeuppance, right? Yeah, well, I don't know. I, 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 you, <laughs> you're spending too much time in Chicago. Man. <laughs> that must be it. That must be it. <laughs> but, uh, but it's, it's, you know, I have to say, New Yorkers have been very sympathetic. It well, was sure, because Reyes is gone, too. Well, it's very surprising to me that, like, there was something about because obviously there's a ton of Yankees fans out here, but people really out here were like, well, obviously, obviously Albert is a Cardinal. Like, he's obviously not going to leave in the same way they would never imagine Jeter leaving. Right. Like, they, like, you know, I mean, it's just hard to fathom to them that, like, there was, I think there was sadness around baseball yeah. around this in a lot of ways that, like, they're not quite, quite to, right to the Cardinals, and um, but there was just a sadness that, like, man... We know it's the business, and we know it's the smart move, but it just stinks. Well, you know, it's funny because I was traveling for for work, my job that pays the bills uh, at yeah. the time, and, and I recall reading it on Twitter, and it was whatever, 8.30 in the morning or something, and I, was, I remember being kind of shocked that it was happening that early, kind of thinking, oh, this is just these guys running off at the mouth again. Because like you said earlier, there had been so many rumors about, oh, well, the Marlins is a done deal. You know, they just need to dot the I's and cross the T's. And then all of a sudden the Marlins were out and signs are pointing to, to him returning to St. Louis. And, and, and I kind of thought it was going to be that again. And then when it became clear that it, it wasn't, that he he's out, he's he's leaving, I didn't really react. It was just kind of, huh. Well, yeah. so there's that. Yeah, <laughs> it is, and you know, I th- and I think part of it too is I think there. It's funny. I wonder if there would have been more rage if he just signed with Miami. It mm-hmm. would have felt grosser. Like it just would have felt sure. like more. It would have felt gross. Like it would have, and like th- like this stinks, but it doesn't. It feels more sad than. You know, it, it's the difference between having a loved one die from an illness rather than being killed by a murderer, I suppose. And uh, the idea that, like, it's senseless, but it happens, as opposed to, because uh, it's just, it stinks. But, like, you know, we're not going to have to, we are going to be able to focus generally on the Cardinals and kind of pretend and just move on with their lives. But it's, it's something that's going to stink for a long time. And at least the citizens of Anaheim aren't footing the bill. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But uh, whoever, uh, the, the, all the all those people, and, and uh, it is it's fun because like you know I I went to their stadium for the first time two or three years ago, and you know it's it's funny because like, I think sometimes people complain in St. Louis that there's not enough to do around the ballpark or downtown sure. needs this or needs that, but like in Anaheim, literally it's a big concrete thing surrounded by nothing. Yep. And it's it and you know it's and. Like after if after a Cardinals game, there are several places where you can walk and go get a beer. That's not the case in Anaheim. You know, it's it's it feel it's a little Bob Hopey. Yeah, <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. And uh, you know, I think that like uh, you know, I think he'll be beloved out there, and I think they'll love him out there, and they should. You know, I mean, the Cardinals didn't. Uh, we, Cardinal fans haven't loved Albert for no reason. You know, I think that like he'll be beloved out there, and he should be beloved out there. But it's just, it's just never going to feel right, and I suspect he knows that. Sure, sure. Uh, real quickly, I, I know I've kept you for quite a little bit here, and and, and I'll let you go. I want to go back. 
if I can, just to you mentioned your dad earlier, and I know that uh, through your writing and and you mentioned handing down being a Cardinal fan and all that uh, through the years and, and through the family. I know that your dad has had a big influence on you as that goes and, and where you grew up, a, a proud Mattoonian. I, uh, I grew up in the St. Louis area, but went to uh, U of I in Champaign and then actually worked there for several years after that. So I spent my fair share of time in central Illinois. And I, uh-huh. and, and I know... And and in Champaign, I know there's a little bit different dynamic because you do have so many people, obviously, from Chicago that are there going to school. So the split between Cardinals and Cubs fans, obviously, is is a little bit skewed there versus other places in central Illinois. But as I'm sure you're well aware, there are plenty of folks that think that southern Illinois is anything south of I-80. Uh, <laughs> right and uh, but at Kankakee, Kankakee is Kankakee, somehow that's right. Southern Illinois. That's right. Um, but at the same time, Cardinal Nation, if you will, has a reach all the way up into Peoria, Bloomington, Champaign. Um, it, it gets a good ways north. So in Mattoon, how? Was the split the same? Do you get a Do you get a fifty fifty? Were you just one of the lucky ones? Well, actually, we're probably about, I would say we're probably 70-30 Cardinals, actually. I think that, like, we're down south enough that, like, the local station played Cardinals games. Uh-huh. Cubs, yeah, like the, I mean, you know, I mean, if just geographically, you know, we're an hour and 45 minutes from St. Louis, but, like, right. almost four hours from Chicago. Right. So, or maybe, uh, so, you know, I think that uh, Cubs fans were almost, uh, I think my, my, my dad once joked that, and when he was when he was in high school, Cubs fans were almost seen the way that war protesters were seen during the Vietnam War from our very conservative military hometown. Uh, now the the, the 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 difference, of course, being that you know war protesters ultimately ended up on the good side, <laughs> as opposed to uh, as opposed to Cubs fans. Right. But um, but you know, I think that like it's small. You know, it's very. Uh, but it was seventy three. It was I. It was I would say it was mostly it, my town. Still, you know, it's funny because in Champaign, uh, on campus, they would usually show Cubs games. Uh-huh. But you know, I I was I graduated in nineteen ninety seven from U of I, and in ninety six, of course, that was the that was the the out of the Russes first year, the out of nowhere. Somehow, Donovan Osborne, Brian Jordan, and Ron <laughs> Gant uh, are going to get us to the World Series right. here. And um, I remember why uh, there was a bar called the Tumble Inn, which was just off campus. Oh, it's still there. Yeah, and all the townie bars they they play Cardinals games. Yep. The campus bars all play Cubs games, but the townie bars all play uh, all, all all play Cardinals games. So uh, I I guess that probably showed you which which uh, whether I was more of a townie or whether I was more of a campus <laughs> kid. Uh, I, I I went to Tumble Inn all the time. The, the Tumble Inn is still a strong strong Cardinals bar. Oh yeah, it's awesome, and because it, it, it's just off, you know, you could actually walk there. Oh yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like you didn't take a bus or anything. So, but it was great. You know, I watched I watched Game Five of their win over the Padres uh, that year in the divisional series. The 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 a game that frankly, if the Cardinals would have won the World Series last year, Brian Jordan would be much more of a hero. He was a freaking monster in that uh, in that Padres series. Yeah. But uh, uh, we we forget that now. I I still think you can make it's fine because I was going to do something for uh, 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 you know the Maple Street Press. They shut down yeah, this year. Yeah. 
And because uh, I, I talked to Larry Borowski, I've done a piece for it every year. And this year, I was actually going to do something about the '96 team as kind of a tribute to La Russa uh, after retiring. Because you can make a pretty strong argument that his best managing job with the Cardinals was the '96 team. Because that team was not very good. It was, <laughs> you know, <laughs> again to make another link. It reminds me very much of the. It was my first year in Champagne at U of I was in was ninety seven. It reminds me very much of the ninety seven ninety eight Illinois basketball team. <laughs> the, the, the one that won the Big Ten for right. no reason. For no yeah. reason. Uh, Brian Johnson started on that team for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. a, a bunch yeah. of nondescript a bunch of nondescript guys where one kind of burst out and made a name for himself only because somebody had to. Right, you had Brian Jordan and you had Kevin Turner, right. and yeah. but very similar. I, you know, you're right in that. I don't know. They play as a team, I guess, and win a bunch of games that doesn't really <laughs> seem to fit in baseball. Yeah, but no, I mean, it, it, it was fun. Like we we had we had that was the nice Johnson brother. That was the Johnson brother nobody hated. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. And, but uh, but yeah, so the, you know, I, I'm always happy by the way because there, there are very few um, uh, people that hit the strike zone of Illini, um St. Louis Cardinals fans. You know, I, we we have the Cardinals bar out here, and three quarters of the people are Mizzou people, <laughs> and it's always very strange. I'm like, oh man, like like I love you guys, but I am gonna I, like these people are my family out here, but. Come bragging rights in a couple of oh, weeks, yeah. they're dead to me. Danger, danger. <laughs> that's right. So then, is Tim Beckman gonna win games? Um, you know, it's funny. Like it all, it's weird how like already the best lead. Like he seems like a very likable, kind of forceful personality. But like, you know, already the best laid plans. The he was gonna get his office coordinator. Nope, he stayed back at Toledo. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna bring Coning. He's gonna keep Coning. Nope, he's leaving too. Like it still feels a little like unsettled. Yeah. But uh, I mean, frankly, it's football. Like we're a basketball school. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that's <laughs> that's Illinois football in a nutshell, right? Like we're gonna hire Kevin Sumlin, but eh, we'll settle for this guy. Yeah, and like it, frankly, you know, it's it's like. You know, I mean, this is actually kind of an ideal year. I would rather, I don't know about you, I'd rather, I'd rather my team play in San Francisco than Detroit. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, like, uh, I have no problem getting pushed down a, a spot in the Bulls. Absolutely. Go to, to play at AT&T Park rather than Ford Field, yeah, I'll take AT&T Park. So, uh, but whichever, it'll be, it'll be fun. It's something to do on New Year's Day. That's all you really want. Just make a bowl. All you have to do is just not be horrible and you make a bowl anymore. That's right. That's a, that's enough. for, for Now, the Alana, I need to make the Sweet 16 at least. The basketball team is the Sweet 16 at least. For football, just make a bowl and we're fine. Yeah, schedule appropriately, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Get eight home games. It's amazing how hard it is, how easy it is to win six games. Ah, uh, very good. Uh, well, I uh, appreciate all the time that you've given us. Um, we uh, we typically like to end these interviews by uh, turning the tables a little bit. If there's anything that you feel like asking me, I'm not sure that I can impart any knowledge you don't already have, but uh, if you've got anything, fire away. Otherwise, uh, I will let you get back to your, uh, I, I'm sure, much appreciated sleep at this stage. Yeah, I, I really want to know if I'm crazy about this, because to me, it seems so obvious that the Cardinals should go get Beltran right now. 
<laughs> and like the idea of having Beltran and Berkman back together is kind of this weird feeling for me. Because it's like that 05, that 04, 05 championship series run was just like I hated both those guys. <laughs> but uh, uh, like, like, do you agree? Like, am I crazy for thinking that, that they're just like, unless someone goes short term pools nuts on him, Beltran is just such a logical thing that you've got to go get him. There's no really other old stuff, unless, unless I'm missing some outstanding second baseman. Like, isn't Beltran have to be the guy? Hey. I agree completely um, for a number of reasons. And first being that they're obviously not going to go after Prince Fielder. And save for Fielder, the rest of the market is relatively thin. There's not a second baseman that they should be throwing money at. There obviously wasn't a shortstop on the market that was a better fit than for call. You know, maybe Alex Gonzalez would have been a better fit. But that ship kind of sailed while they were still waiting on Pujols. But um, I think he's a great fit, particularly with, I mean, as much as I want to believe that Alan Craig is going to be ready by the end of April, we know how injuries tend to go with the Cardinals, um, that you've got to kind of hedge your bets there. I'm not real confident about Skip Schumacher getting a whole lot of at-bats in right field. It's one of those things where, I've come to appreciate it's 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 like the bane of my existence, but at the same time, I appreciate it in the old school doesn't really happen a lot anymore manner of how secretive and quiet the Cardinals can keep things. It's it fascinates me because there's so much information out there now with with Twitter and the internet and, and what have you that there's always going to be a leak, right? But somehow the Cardinals still keep things quiet. And for me, this is one of those things where the Cardinals are keeping things quiet as per their usual procedures, but it just makes too much sense not to happen. Um, like you said, perfect fit in the lineup. Again, as as we talked about earlier, what else are they going to spend the money on? If they give Beltran a two-year deal at $10 million a year, what are they preventing themselves from doing? Nothing. Right, right, right. So, uh, and a switch hitter to boot, you know, he's, I, I hesitate to get too excited about a guy who isn't getting any younger and has had injury problems, but, coming back from the injury that he had for him to continually get stronger over his 2011 season, I think bodes well for 12. Um, and also, frankly, there seems to be a certain kismet considering how much of a Cardinals history he was into mm-hmm. during the last decade. Absolutely. Like he should ultimately just play here. Absolutely. And, and yes. for him and Wainwright to become best buddies and inseparable oh. off the field. and right. Yes, it'll, it'll be awesome in every way unless you're a Mets fan, in which case you will shoot yourself. <laughs> but you were doing that anyway. That's right. And it, it, it's like, I, again, I, this, is a, this is another reason for me why Twitter is the greatest thing ever and also the worst thing ever because I have little snippets of things enter my brain from time to time that I th- – can't decipher whether they're original thoughts or whether it's 135 characters that I read off a tweet deck or something. (laughs) But uh, I'm pretty sure I saw on Twitter the other day someone saying, who would have imagined 
two, three seasons ago that one, Albert Pujols would be gone. Uh, two, we'd be talking about Carlos Beltran possibly signing with the Cardinals. And three, all of a sudden Lance Berkman is the most likable Cardinal player. <laughs> I know. It feels like he's played here for 15 yeah, years. Yeah, I know, right? It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, but okay, we'll get what was that? Was that an okay question? That was okay. That was a good one. <laughs> it was a wonderful question and and uh, something uh, that I meant to chime in on earlier. But uh, like I said, you just kept ticking things off of my agenda here, so I was just going yeah, with sorry, the flow. I, I, get, I get a little windy. <laughs> Not a problem. I'm gonna let you go. Um, congratulations again on uh, on the new addition to your family, and uh, certainly appreciate taking time out with us. and And uh, hope we'll get a chance to talk to you again sometime soon. Oh, it's pleased. It's very much my pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right, thanks. We'll have a good night. Cool. Thanks, man. And once again, we're back. Uh, Josh is back on board again after uh after hopefully uh you enjoyed that interview with Will Leach and uh Josh, you know, once again as our experience has been with the uh breadth of Cardinal Nation, um Will was a, a very gracious guy and and really really thankful to uh, have the opportunity to talk to him and uh and not much else to be said beyond, uh, you know, again, Pujols leaving sucks. And the Cardinals were thankfully in a pretty good position for that to happen, for better or for worse. And uh, anxious to see what the next uh, what the next chapter holds. That and uh, the Cardinals aren't done. I... I strongly suspect that possibly by the next time we get together, uh, there will be another new face in the fold. Indeed. Things begin to move a little bit more quickly uh, around this time of year. And the uh, obviously there are still one or two big names on the market, but uh, I, I find it, in my opinion, safe to say that uh, – there's been some rumblings, but I don't see the Cardinals going after Fielder. Do you? <laughs> uh, I'd like to say nothing would surprise me, but i i would I would strongly doubt that unless uh, Fielder goes to the Roy Oswalt direction and, and decides he wants to take a shorter contract with with Scott Boris as your agent. I highly unlikely. That's right. <laughs> it's, it, it would it would be a very a very odd uh, signing, in my opinion. It, it would almost have to be the rest of the market for him. You know, if if there was if there was one other marquee first baseman, maybe. You know, if if Gonzalez was out there and hadn't signed that long term deal with Boston, I Tilder's got it all to himself now, and. and the way Boris does things, <laughs> that that very well could go on quite a ways. I, I don't I don't think any St. Louis fan listening to this needs to needs to uh, hold out any hope that Fielder is going to be donning a birds on the bat uni in 2012. 
That was like the longest no I've ever heard. <laughs> well, I, I was <laughs> I was trying to be. I personally am not a Fielder fan. That was the longest no I've ever heard. <laughs> There's your headline. I'm I've done my part. <laughs> I've contributed to episode 9.0. So as uh, as talk of free agents goes, Josh, I, I find it uh, important to note if uh, if you're listening and you haven't already seen it at the site, uh, we're very very fortunate, um, very happy to have a couple of additional writers on board. Um, We've picked up uh, Dane Perry, who's been a longtime friend of the site and uh, a former podcast guest as well, um, and uh, and someone that uh, I've shared quite a few uh, frosty Budweisers with over a World Series Game 3, perhaps. Uh-huh. Um, and Andrew Simon, um, who maintains his own general baseball site hitting the cutoff man was brought up uh, a cardinal fan his dad is a longtime cardinal fan and, and he's kind of picked up on it and and was happy to uh, have a discussion with him and and talk to him a little bit about you know maybe he wanted a place to to just write about the cardinals and thankfully he did so uh hopefully you'll enjoy uh seeing some more stuff from those guys coming out soon um, pitchershit8.com Josh and Dennis and I aren't going anywhere so if nothing else more opinions, more uh, more folks to argue with and uh, like I said very happy to have those guys on board and, and keep tabs on the site to, to see more from those guys along those lines Josh, um, we've had some conversation about what our next podcast episode uh, is going to look like it will be 10.0. it will be a milestone episode 10.0 seems like it's taken forever to get there <laughs> well we started off with a few uh starter ones too indeed indeed those. um we've got the BBA Hall of Fame ballot coming up on the books um the baseball bloggers alliance votes every year um for who we think should get into the Hall of Fame it means nothing uh really other than we try to uh, try to put our spin on it. So uh, we've talked about trying to get uh, trying to get the whole the whole group of us, all five of us together, and uh, it would be, I think, the most epic podcast ever. I mean, we've had some long ones, but you get five of us long-winded and and opinionated folks all on the on the horn at the same time. It it could get uh, it could get uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm gonna go with exciting. Yeah, exciting, <laughs> exciting, for sure. Um, unwieldy, maybe is the word I'm looking for. Unruly. Well, let's put it this way, Nick. It's a good thing we don't uh, yet, as of yet, tape these live. Uh, indeed. Indeed. Well, I don't really have much else to say to you. No, no, because uh, we've given everybody quite a bit to listen to 
Yeah, right, and there's not a whole lot going on right now. <laughs> it's uh yeah, just think when we actually have something to talk about. Exciting. With that, we will uh, put an end to episode 9.0. Thanks, as always, to our musical guest, Stoffma. Thanks to Josh for keeping us on the rails here. And uh, thanks to our guest, obviously, Will Leach. Uh, We'll look forward to talking to him again sometime in the future, maybe after another Cardinals World Series win in 2012. Uh, But I, I didn't say that out loud. Ooh. Are, are you starting a 12 and 12 campaign? Oh, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I would. Actually, I just want to hear more stories uh, from from Foley's New York uh, during the World Series from Will. Uh, that was some good stuff. But uh, anyways, we will continue to work on putting together the epic episode 10.0. Until that happens, uh, I'm Nick. He's Josh from uh, PitchersHit8.com. We look forward to talking at you again very soon. Thanks, Josh. Uh, We're going to be epic real soon.